RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or RPN legal advice. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions. <laughs> an appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Boom. Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome to a special late edition of Occam's Razor. Strange things happening today. First of all, my computer just wouldn't work. Had to do a couple hours of troubleshooting. Once I got my computer working, now Rumble doesn't seem to want to work. I'm getting lots of problems thrown at me. Thank God we've got the foxhole. If we've even got Twitter, which is just insane to me. Apparently, Twitter's not working either. A couple hours of trouble. Oh, there it goes. Or maybe it's not working. I guess it's not working. Jeez, oh, Pete. Anyways, we're live on Foxhole. We're live on Odyssey. And that's basically it. Anyways, we'll get into this more in a moment. Oh, Getter, we are live on Getter. Anyways, guys, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. I'm going to try to keep it together. We'll be back after this. Oh, my God. Good God, you guys. Uh, You will not believe the stuff that I've been dealing with. I can't believe it. This is very unusual. Not the things that uh, I've seen in a very long time. First of all, OBS just wouldn't open. It just uh, bounced like a beach ball on my desktop. Wouldn't do anything at all. Well, once I got that fixed, uh, I figured out I had a uh, software update that I had to do. Well, then it turns out that a whole bunch of other things had to come after that. And then even once that happened, once I got Adobe Photoshop open so that I could make the thumbnail for the card, it wouldn't allow me to open up a picture of the uh, East Lansing MSU shooter. So that was obviously what I put on the thumbnail today. Anyways, I, I got that fixed, but still I'm looking over here at Rumble and nothing works. The entire website appears to be just fine for everyone else except for me. And I don't know what that's about. I did post a tweet earlier suggesting that perhaps the FBI had some foreknowledge about the shooter in MSU's campus last night, but that's neither here nor there. I want to open, first of all, by asking you guys, please, to share the broadcast. We are not live on Twitter because I didn't get started at 1.30. That's the lamest thing that I could possibly think of. You can't, if you don't get started on time then your stream times out and then you're just done and you you basically aren't able to stream at all. 
So I would really appreciate it if you guys would help me out by sharing this broadcast and helping me to get the word out that we are live, considering the fact that it's like an hour later than I normally would have went. But I wanted to open the show today uh, by sharing this GoFundMe. It's actually a donation page for the sister of a viewer. Uh, She needs a double lung transplant. Her name is Tiffany Clements. Uh, She's only in her late 20s, and she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and as a result, developing complications, uh, pneumonia several times. Uh, She was also hospitalized due to complications from a pregnancy. Uh, She showed up as suffering from bronchiectitis. I'm I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't know much about it, but Tiffany is a young woman, and she needs a double lung transplant. So I wanted to share this uh, donate at transplants.com org with you guys because no Khaleesi you are here the show only just started because there is some major problems in my computer land uh, right now I don't know what the heck the problem is but it's just uh, it's not working for me anyways I wanted to make sure everybody was aware of uh, Tiffany's situation and if you can give please do because as it said she's a, a young mother she's in her late 20s, and she already needs a double lung transplant. Really, really tragic stuff here. Anyways, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the shooting last night on MSU's campus. Uh, This was from Michigan. Uh, Obviously, that's where Michigan State University is. And uh, I suggested that uh, perhaps there might be a connection Uh, However tenuous, I'm not saying exactly how it exists, not saying anything about the nature of this event at all, only pointing out the fact that Kyle Serafin recently revealed that FBI memo where they discussed targeting Catholics as potential violent extremists. Now, to me, when I first heard that, I was like, man, that is a stretch, not because uh, the FBI wouldn't do something like that, but the idea that Catholics would organize in terror cells, that just did not make any sense to me. So, The federal government is looking to suppress anyone of faith, and they're looking to try to drive people away from these organized religions where you worship God. They want to push you straight into the hands of the Satanists. So uh, the events that took place on MSU's campus last night were notable uh, because we had this man, Anthony Dwayne McRae. He's a 43-year-old Lansing resident, uh, and he had previously been arrested in East Lansing. And if you know anything about East Lansing, the entirety of East Lansing basically is MSU's campus. It really takes up uh, much of the space. Um, But after he was sentenced, he was sentenced for, I think, over a year, but he only served one day in jail. That's a little suspicious, a little suspicious. Yeah, Gaffer Anon, Debbie, there is no show on Rumble because the Rumble is broken for me. I can't get it to work. So we are only on the foxhole, basically. It's a foxhole exclusive stream today. We're also live on Getter. Uh, Thank you very much. So anyways, he served one day in prison or one day in jail, uh, and that was uh, for a weapons charge, all right? Now, of course, last night he used a gun to uh, wound five critically and kill three people. Uh, Here is his Facebook right here so that you know that we have the the right person. Uh, He only showed as having two friends. I don't actually have access to the Facebook because they wiped it from the internet. Uh, But you can see here, In his banner image, he has a Bible verse, 
And he also has an image of a cross, which appears to be striking down a serpent. So that would indicate that Anthony McRae, Anthony McRae might be a, um, a devout person in some fashion. If you take a look at his rap sheet, uh, he was a, uh, a 43-year-old black male, 5 foot 4 inches tall, 165 pounds, born June 10th, 1979. He caught this plea uh, after being caught with a firearm uh, in MSU, excuse me, in East Lansing on June 7th of 2019. Hello, Amos. Good to see you. So, after he opened fire, he fled on foot, and eventually he was found to have been deceased of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Now, of course, that's very convenient because it's before the police or the FBI or anyone can question him and determine what his motivations were. Uh, now, they're not releasing any theories, but as I said, I was able to get some screenshots from his Facebook account, and to me, it yielded some interesting details, especially in light of that FBI Catholic terrorism memo. So you can take a look at these pictures here. He either appears to have been a Catholic or he was ensconced in Catholic culture. There's a picture of him holding a crucifix. He has a number of pictures of priests and even has a still from the exorcist, which is interesting because didn't a, a representative just suggest that the FBI uh, was in need of an exorcism after they claimed Catholics were going to commit mass shootings and terror uh, uh, events? Uh, so, it's very likely that somebody at the FBI would take a look at Anthony McRae's profile, and it wouldn't be a stretch for them to brand him a Catholic extremist. Here are the images from his Facebook. He's got several pictures of people holding up crucifixes. I think those are actually pictures of people performing exorcisms. Uh, he's got Bible verses pictured here. He's got a picture of himself holding up a crucifix. Uh, we have that picture from the exorcist, another picture from the exorcist, more crucifix pictures, multiple, multiple crucifix pictures. Uh, he has a, a, a little meme here about works of the flesh, alienating you from God, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness. You guys know the drill. Continuing on, he also has a number of additional Bible verses, Matthew 12, 25, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against it itself shall not stand. Uh, and it goes on and on. Uh, and uh, here in the final picture, it says priest frees Mount Rainier boy reported held in devil's grip. That, again, is in regards to an exorcism. And uh, it, it's clear that it's pretty obvious that there is the only theme that I can derive from this profile is that he was a Catholic or Catholicism itself. Now, I'm not saying that Anthony McRae never died. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, he wasn't a fake person or that other people didn't die. But I'm saying it is interesting and convenient that he appears to be a perfect patsy for the justification of the FBI's recent Catholic extremism memo. Because the DOJ and the FBI have taken a lot of heat since that memo was revealed. So with that in mind, my question is, we need to know more about McRae. What was his mental state? Who were in his life? What were his relationships? Was he under the care of a psychiatrist? Was he taking any psychotropic drugs? What were his true views and his motivation? And most importantly, why was he given a pass on that last gun charge? Now, the FBI 
has the real world proof as a result of McRae uh, to say that they could legitimately need to surveil Catholics and they can point to him as a justification for the reason that memo was written. Now, I'm very interested to know if Anthony McRae was known to the FBI prior to this shooting, as most multiple shooters are. So I ask you to pray for MSU and pray for the dead and injured. Uh, I've got some screenshots from that FBI memo. Uh, Now, the thing that's different about this scenario and the actual uh, case that they're discussing in in this memo is that they claim it's going to be ethnically motivated violent extremists. So you guessed it, white extremist Catholics that are going to be committing these acts of terror. There are eight pages here. Now, I tagged Kyle Serafin. He took uh, some offense, I think, at uh, my question here, but I was uh, able to specify a little bit. I think we came to an agreement. He said, I don't see a connection. This is a big stretch. Your argument is the FBI will use a random black shooter on a campus with Facebook stills from a 70s horror film to justify their analytical alignment of traditional Catholics and white supremacy. Sometimes it just isn't there. Happy to chat about it, though. I just don't think it serves us to make big leaps like that. And I said, no, Kyle, I'm not saying they directly created the situation. What I'm saying is the timing is curious and the strong Catholic imagery on his profile creates a real-world scenario that the FBI just suggested may happen. All I'm doing is pointing out the coincidental timing. And he said, I think we need more info. Uh, The agreed with your point about psychotropic drugs. That's the big question to me. What mental illness was involved? The situation doesn't really have a federal nexus from the look of it. And I said, my question about FBI awareness only comes as a result of numerous previous mass shooters who the FBI admitted they had prior knowledge of. And yes, we certainly need more info. So I figured, why not think out loud on Twitter? the brain trust of the internet. Tragic in any event. Uh, Then here, Lisa says, I'm with you. I live 30 minutes from MSU. And as you know, we have a very corrupt government here with Whitmer and her gang. Now, Zach Voorhees got in on the action here. He said, yes, intelligence agencies are running hyper real mass shootings, complete with victims that evaporate into spooks with no real life connections when you chase them. It's a hard pill to swallow, but we have a number of examples such as Nicholas Cruz. And guess what today is? It's the anniversary of the Parkland shooting. So kind of interesting that this is all happening at the same time. But again, The whole thing is interesting, considering the timing, what we have going on with the disaster in East Palestine, with the continued chemical fallout that is spreading all across the United States. Uh, There is a lot going on, and once again, and now Twitter doesn't appear to be working for me. Man, see, I know it's not my internet connection, because I have two gigabit up and down. Everything should be smooth as silk on my channel. But for some reason today, you know, I question the FBI and all of a sudden everything is just falling apart. Um, you know, I thought this was kind of interesting. I, I saw this sent uh, over to me by a viewer. Media Matters, one of uh, uh, the organizations that was previously obsessed with me, I think that I have faded into obscurity enough that they're not worried about writing articles about me anymore. Um, but they suggest that Gays Against Grifters is actually a band of right-wing conspiracy theorists uh, and, and, uh, and, and QAnon operatives, essentially. Uh, who put together this group. Now, if you know anything about Gays Against Groomers, uh, this is a group of conservative gay people who believe that uh, there are an organized effort to groom children uh, in the exact same way that we believe that is happening. So, of course, 
Media Matters is going to uh, attack them because they're looking out for the best interests of children. It's a little difficult to groom your kids when you have people that are trying to raise awareness about it. So make no mistake, Media Matters is fighting for the right to indoctrinate your children into the pedophile future that so many of these people are hoping will exist, because obviously uh, that is the best possible future that they can imagine, not a future where your children uh, have the right to grow up safely, happily, healthily, not surrounded by drug abuse, not surrounded by gang violence, not surrounded by uh, communist indoctrination. No, Media Matters and these other left-wing organizations want to ensure that your children are there to be groomed in the future by them. So we're not going to let that happen. It's interesting uh, that uh, gays against groomers, and they call it gag, uh, but they fight against the sexualization, indoctrination, and medicalization of children, and that they have founded the group to protect kids and reclaim the gay community's good standing in society. Uh, but <laughs> gag is made up of white nationalists, uh, and of course, they are cavort with former Trump advisor Steve Bannon and Kyle Rittenhouse. I have said on so many occasions, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. What I care about is if you're grooming our kids, if you are trying to turn our kids into a tool for your own sick desires, then you will pay dearly. Now, Last night, you guys, uh, John and I were talking on baseless conspiracy theories about uh, the, the, the need for restraint to make sure that you verify things before you put it out there on the Internet. This photograph, these photographs of this guy were going all over Twitter and all over a variety of different social media places last night uh, saying that he was the mass shooter. OK, uh, and guess what? Spoiler alert, he was not the guy that was doing the shooting. So now this guy's life is ruined because forever he's going to be recognized by somebody who didn't get the full story as the potential mass shooter at uh, East Lansing's campus. So it looks like maybe they might have actually deleted the tweet from the thread. I think they did, which is actually a good thing because that guy didn't deserve to have. They, oh, no, it's still there. It's still there. Also, <laughs> we have people who are saying that Sam Hyde is the shooter. And I just wanted to make sure that maybe some of you out there might not know that Sam Hyde is a comedian. OK, and people will do this every single time there's a mass shooting. They'll say that, you know, this guy, Samuel Heidelberg or something along those lines, history of mental illness, uh, white male uh, and uh, and have this picture of him with a gun. But it's not real. It, it, it just you got to make sure that you're sharing good information. Uh, basically, this is a, a tremendous tragedy. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I want to know whether or not the FBI had any direct knowledge about this suspect before he committed this shooting is because I want to know if it was avoidable. Uh, it seems like virtually every time we have one of these incidents taking place, uh, it would have been avoidable if the FBI would have made a move or if the powers that be hadn't simply let criminals go back out onto the street uh, so that they could commit these heinous acts. Uh, let's see. 17 is coming for you, says, hello, Zach and Foxhole fam. FilterDog1 says, thank you for hanging in there. The first branch says uh, we, we can have nice things, right, RP? Top Keck. Can we have nice things? Tracy says the MSU Union Building is where Mr. S worked for th 23 years. He installed the handrails in the stairway 
pick. That is pretty cool, actually. Very cool. Very, very cool. Man, I am not happy about Rumble, you guys. It's really bumming me out. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the state of New California. I feel like this is some good news here, and I want to make sure we talk about some good news. If we can get the websites to pull up. Apparently nothing wants to pull up. Let's try this again. Let's turn off Wi-Fi. Let's see if I can get it to work. All right. All right, great. Now everything's working. Good to see. All right, so... I've brought you news about New California on so many occasions in the past. Right now, we are closer than ever before. They have fulfilled their obligations in terms of their constitutional conventions, their airings of grievances, their meetings taking place all over the state. Well, now New California has sent delegates to Washington, D.C., to make the state of New California actually happen. They are going to be the 51st state of the United States of America. And in case you are not familiar, these yellow areas are going to be the original California state. So that will be San Mateo, Marin, Napa, uh, part of this county right here, and then, of course, Los Angeles. All of those places, which are virtually going to be landlocked from the rest of the United States and even landlocked from each other, um, those are going to be the original places that California exists. Every other segment of the landmass of the current state of California will now be under the purview of New California. Let me tell you why that's so important. All of these electoral college votes will now be going to New California. All of these Senate seats, all of these House seats, they will be going to California, New California. I think probably old California gets to keep one Senate seat, uh, and then uh, we have one that goes to New California. This is a huge freaking deal. Uh, Very historic. So uh, I think for a lot of people, it's been a long time coming. You know, I think many people were wondering whether or not New California was really going to happen, whether it was just vaporware, uh, whether or not we were ever going to see it. But trust me, and I've asked you to trust me for a very long time, Paul Preston knows what he's doing. The people that are involved with this movement understand the constitutional process to ensure that it is foolproof so that they have to accept it. They absolutely have to accept it. Remember, it's been done before in West Virginia. There is a constitutional process to ensure that New California will be the 51st state. So the current state of California, as we know, is tyrannical, it is mismanaged, it's absolutely running itself into the ground. And if it wasn't for the leadership of the people of New California, then California might be forever the worst place you could possibly live. In fact, I'm going to predict that old California will still be the worst place you could possibly live. When New California takes over, it's going to be a sea change, a completely different scenario taking place. Uh, When the delegates go to Washington, D.C., they are going to put forth the idea of New California becoming a state uh, because it's already passed through the state assembly, uh, but now it's going to have to pass through Congress, both the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate are going to have to vote to pass the resolution in order to split the state. Uh, So in the House, we have the majority. 
Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the Senate. Uh, no state has ever been brought into the union uh, who could not demonstrate their ability to self-govern. New California has a demonstrated system of self-governments, and it's modeled by the U.S. Declaration of Independence on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Illinois might be next. I tend to think that Oregon is next, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But New California would be the sixth largest state in the world, excuse me, in the United States. That would be right behind New York. It's bigger than L.A., excuse me, bigger than Pennsylvania, bigger than Illinois. Uh, They would have 25 to 27 seats in the House of Representatives, and old California would become the second most populous state right behind Texas and ahead of Florida. They would lose 25 to 27 seats in the House of Representatives. Uh, This is a big, big deal, you guys, and uh, it's something that we definitely need to keep our eyes on. So after we get word of what happened when the delegates were sent to Washington, D.C., we should hear some news about whether or not the House and the Senate are going to vote on this. The truth be told, they have to vote on it. Okay, I mean, there is a constitutional process and they cannot simply tell the people of New California, we deny your constitutional right to address your grievances and ask our help in creating a new state of the United States of America. So. The state of New California is seeking entrance into the union of states known as the United States of America and requesting an admissions act be facilitated on behalf of the citizens of the state of New California to create that 51st state. They're seeking equal admission into the United States in the same way that other states have in the past. And the Constitution shall always be a Republican form of government, shall not be repugnant to the U.S. Constitution or the principles of the Declaration of Independence. Californians have been working on this since February of 2017. Back at that time, they exercised their constitutional right to create the state of New California, processing the same, excuse me, following the same process that was codified in Article 4, Sections 3, and four of the United States Constitution. They have 56 New California. What the heck is going on? There is, <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm hearing some strange noises, you guys. Very, very strange. Anyways, there's a constitutional process. You guys get the the image here, the picture that I'm trying to paint. Okay, and uh, you guys, give me just one second. We're going to be right back after this. I got to get something to drink. All right, welcome back. So uh, we had mentioned that Illinois is potentially trying to do this very same thing. Now, Idaho and Oregon, it looks like they're doing it a different way. Rather than starting a brand new state, a good portion of the eastern half of Oregon are voting to become part of the state of Idaho, which would create uh, essentially an area called Greater Idaho. Now, lawmakers in Idaho are currently continuing to have this conversation about bringing these uh, counties from Oregon into their state. And there is a piece of legislation that has been proposed in the House State Affairs Committee. Uh, They had testimony on Monday. And uh, from what I understand, they're actually going to be voting on this stuff uh, in the coming days. Now, this is actually headed to the floor, and it was just announced yesterday morning. So the Idaho House of Representatives State Affairs Committee voted today to send that Greater Idaho Bill to a vote of the full House. 
11 out of the 12 members of the committee voted to recommend that the House pass the bill, uh, which authorizes Idaho to begin talks with Oregon about a proposal to relocate the state line that they share. So the committee held that hearing on Monday morning, uh, and the bill sponsors spoke, of course. Uh, They heard from Idaho citizens. Uh, Nobody spoke against it. Nobody has anything negative to say about it. And uh, it looks like it's a big win for both states. Um, Apparently, 68% of Northwestern Oregonian voters wanted to have a hearing. Um, Apparently, the large portion of Oregon is somehow subsidized by the rest of the state. But when it moves over into uh, Idaho's purview, would no longer be subsidized. It would be a win-win. They would have better governance. They would have better services. And they wouldn't have to be part of the insanity of the left, which is dominating the area of Portland, Eugene, and I don't know anything about Medford. But I know those two places are supposed to be pretty whacked out. So I think this is extremely exciting, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what happens with this. Uh, This is something that I believe we should see in more places throughout the United States. A lot of people uh, I've heard say that we need to secede or we need to separate the United States. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that by just taking the red portions of the states and maybe redrawing our borders, becoming different state governments, we could probably save ourselves a lot of the hassle that we're dealing with, say, in some place like New York. Uh, take a look at uh, Illinois. They mentioned Illinois. Uh, the tyrannical state government, Governor Pritzker of Illinois, uh, just committing some really atrocious constitutional violations against the people that he's supposed to be representing. Um, If the people of Illinois are able to successfully create the 52nd state, let's go ahead and take a look at that. Illinois state to split. Uh, I don't have anything pulled up on it, but... mm. Okay, so as far back as 2019, they were talking about it. And in November of last year... 27 counties had voted to split from the state. Uh, And it looks like these green counties are the ones right there. Now, I don't know if this is still ongoing or if it is uh, any further along than just asking them informally, would you like to leave? Uh, But uh, the only problem I can see is that these these counties here in between all these other counties uh, would probably uh, make it more difficult because uh, obviously it's it's a, a landlocked portion. I think it's a lot better for the people of that area if the entirety uh, of that landmass were to split off. Now, where is Chicago in comparison to this? Um, I don't know the map of Illinois very well, guys. But uh, let me see. Yeah, unfortunately, I I don't know where it is. I I couldn't tell you. Um, But this this is a real positive thing that I think we could see. It would allow people to separate from the madness that they're trying to get away from. Uh, You know, of course, although a state line may change, that proximity in terms of distance could still present an issue. But of course, you would have new legal concerns there. You would have a new state government. You would have new local governments. I mean, in California, they're going to have to elect new mayors. They're going to have to elect new county commissioners. I mean, talk about starting from the ground up. Uh, And I would guess, and actually I'm fairly certain that Paul mentioned this to me in the past, is that the new California state will have absolutely nothing to do 
with electronic voting machines. The entirety of their voting apparatus is going to be on paper in a single day with your voter ID and uh, proof of uh, of who you are. Chicago is the gray area upper right. Okay. Well, guys, <clears throat> we knew it was coming, but I didn't know that I would feel so happy when I learned it was going to happen. But Diane Feinstein has officially announced her retirement from the Senate. She is going to be leaving government at the end of this term. And it couldn't have come at a better time because she is 89 years old. So that means in 2024, her Senate seat is going to be opening for the potential of a America first person to come in and run. Now, will they win? I don't know. Obviously, Dianne Feinstein is a California senator. uh, And uh, if (laughs) you know what, here's the thing. If she's leaving, then the potential for new California to take that seat becomes much, much more likely um, because obviously she would she wouldn't continue over to New California uh, and they're going to have to elect somebody different in the in the uh, in the end anyways. So, you know, Dianne Feinstein's been in that office for the last 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, um, and her cognitive health is in serious decline. Uh, last year, it was reported that she's in such bad shape that her own Democrat colleagues wanted her to retire before the expiration of her term at the end of 2024. But Adam Schiff and Katie Porter have both announced that they're going to be running for Dianne Feinstein's seat. Can you imagine Adam Schiff no longer in the House is unable to fulfill Dianne Feinstein's seat as a senator because New California comes along and steals that seat from them at the end of the day? Uh, you got to love it. There is uh, nothing short of uh, miracles happening here in America today. And uh, I am continually, continually heartened by the fact that things continue to move forward. Uh, so this is very good stuff. I was told about this yesterday and I told you guys that I couldn't discuss it until after the vote had been passed in Arizona. But take a look at this. The Arizona Senate Elections Committee has passed a resolution to ban foreign voting machines and require their source code, ballot images, chain of custody documents, and log files to be made public. That is for the whole state of Arizona. Uh, The Arizona Senate Elections Committee yesterday passed that concurrent resolution, which sets the official requirements for the use of these electronic voting machines in the state of Arizona. This is one step forward to actually having the results of the 2020 election and the 2022 election perhaps undone. Uh, This is very, very good news. So if they're using foreign voting machines, uh, I wonder if that's going to count as Dominion voting systems, because as we know, Dominion has ties to other nations. We've talked about this on a number of different occasions. So what they're going to also be asking for is for all of that information to be made public so that the public can go in and check their ballot images. You can check the chain of custody documents. You can check the log files. It all has to be posted on the website within 24 hours after the poll closes. So goes to show you just how quickly and, and possibly it is to be able to get these things counted and to take a look at what's really going on. MPG Stewart says, Rumble Refugee here. Thank you very much for showing up on Getter. I appreciate it. And my channel is still not working. 
still doesn't work. Yep. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do anything with Rumble today. All right. So the voting systems or components or subcomponents of a voting system or component, which includes the firmware, the software, or the hardware, and the assemblies and sub-assemblies with integrated circuits or on which any firmware or software operates must be used or purchased as the primary method of casting, recording, and tabulating ballots used in any election held in this state for federal office. Now, that is unless all the components have been designed, manufactured, integrated, and assembled in the United States from trusted suppliers using trusted processors accredited by the Defense Microelectronics Activity as prescribed by the United States Department of Defense and the source code used in any computerized voting machine for federal elections is made available to the public and the ballot images and system log files from each tabulator are recorded on a secure write once read many media with clear chain of custody and posted on the secretary of state's website free of charge to the public within that 24 hours the legislature transmits this resolution to the secretary of state this is incredible news now Uh, Immediately, this invalidates all of the electronic voting machines and components that they have in Arizona. They can't use them anymore. Uh, And it's going to have to go directly to the Secretary of State. It's going to be bypassing the governor's office. So, Secretary of State, that's Adrian Fontes. Uh, I don't know that he can overrule the Arizona State Senate and tell them that the people uh, are unable to choose exactly how they want to do it. Here's the thing. If the secretary of state does not comply with this order, the legislature can and likely will sue. The Constitution gives the state legislatures plenary authority to oversee elections, as we learned during the 2020 election. Senator Wendy Rogers says that the legislature does not need approval from the governor for this law to take effect. That is absolutely incredible. I predict Adrian Fontes is going to not comply with this order. It's going to be forced into the courts. And, of course, the plenary authority of the state legislature is going to be reinforced as a result. But in the meantime, they're not going to be able to use electronic voting machines anymore. And I defy them in the next two years to come up with an electronic voting machine that is fully made, assembled, and designed here in the United States that they are willing to release that source code on. Uh, I think that Wendy Rogers and the Arizona State Senate have really outdone themselves this time. I just don't see how Fontes, how uh, Katie Hobbs are going to get around this. Uh, Keep an eye out because more is going to be coming next week, and uh, I'm even more excited about that as well. And I have some news that is not going to surprise anyone, but we have to discuss it. We have a new 101-page whistleblower document that reveals that Joe Biden's Pentagon suppressed concerns about the COVID-19 shots side effects and that many soldiers suffered horrifying injuries as a result. We can go back to August of 2021 when the Biden regime put in their COVID vaccine mandate for all soldiers. They ignored any of the protests from people who didn't want to take the shot. They ignored all of the evidence coming in from the scientific literature and community saying that there was probably going to be big problems. And of course, they also completely 
stood by denying people's religious exemptions when they had a plausible reason to not want to take this shot because oftentimes it was created using um, aborted kidney cells from a fetus, aborted, excuse me, aborted fetal kidney cells from a baby. Now, in August of 2022, uh, we heard testimony from soldiers all across military branches who had received significant and debilitating side effects from the shots. Many of them uh, are still under that emergency use authorization, and of course, they want to remain anonymous because uh, they would be permanently grounded if their injuries came to the forefront. So a lot of these men and women are suffering in silence. Uh, this was a report that was compiled by a man named William P. Anton, and it was submitted to members of the Senate and the House of Representatives. But for most people, they just remain totally quiet. I think Ron Johnson is the only one that I remember coming out publicly and speaking about this. Now we have Nancy Mace admitting that she has a COVID vaccine injury. She had, I believe, some tremors, um, heart issues, obviously heart issues, vertigo, blood clots, chronic fatigue, shortness of breath. All of these things can come as a result of getting the clot shot. We have pericarditis, myocarditis, myelagia, ongoing neurological issues, your altered DNA as a result of the Pfizer shot turning your own cells into a spike protein producing factory. Uh, tinnitus apparently is a uh, side effect that a lot of people are seeing. But the point of the, the exercise here is that the Biden regime was well aware that this was going to provide a variety of side effects in people. And rather than actually address it, they forced our men and women in uniform to take these jabs. And last night, it was the Daily Caller that actually acquired this document for the first time. Um, the document is divided into four sections, which includes that testimony from the vaccine injured, along with medical evidence. Um, I've already said the, the, uh, the Pentagon refused to, ed refused to admit that people had a valid reason for not wanting to take this stuff uh, as a part of their religion. They completely ignored people, uh, and that's a main reason why the Navy SEALs case is still ongoing, uh, because although the vaccine mandate is no longer in effect, uh, their rights were still violated. Uh, so I'm really excited that we have people stepping forward. You know, uh, I just wish that it would have happened a little bit sooner. Uh, anytime you have... Anytime you have people dying, anytime you have people's livelihood at risk, uh, it becomes more and more tragic to understand that more could have been done, more could have been done quicker uh, to ensure that mm, people didn't have to die. Um, hey, you guys, I forgot it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Let me go through a couple more of these thank yous over here on the foxhole. Um, let me see. Q&A holes said from Joe and Willie. I got your message, dude. Thank you. Warrior Mima says, hi, Zach. I'm late. Very late. Much love. It's okay, Warrior Mima. I started like an hour late because I'm still having computer issues. Sean Joe, thank you for that cookie. Empress, thank you for the cookie and another cookie. Oki7, appreciate the shades. Askwanch says, thanks, Zach, for another great show. Karen Hair 7 says, anti-jab cookie. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie, and R.C. Anderson. 
Thank you for the cookie. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very, very much for that. So I don't know if you guys heard this. I didn't get a chance to speak about it yet, but there were some reports the other day that the Ukraine had been caught using chemical weapons against Russian soldiers. My friend Mile from Patriot Politics Research sent me a clip of a video from a Ukrainian general talking about the use of chlorine gas. Now, that is against the law, against international law in terms of the Biological uh, and Chemical Weapons Convention. However, it would appear that we actually have evidence that perhaps Ukraine and Russia both are violating the ban of chemical weapons use in war. Uh, now, this is an article from Lawrence Sellin. I haven't actually had a chance to review it yet. I just saw it pop up and, and I thought maybe it would be nice to talk about. But this conventional weapon, excuse me, this chemical weapons convention was signed back in 1993. And every party that signed it agrees not to undertake the use of riot control agents as a method of warfare. Now, what is a riot control agent? Well, it's any chemical not listed in a schedule which can produce rapidly in humans sensory irritation and disabling physical effects which disappear within a short period of time following termination or exposure. So that sounds to me like tear gas, something along those lines. Uh, and here we have video of a Ukrainian drone spreading a tear gas Russian attack. troops abandon their positions after Ukrainian drone strikes. In the presented video frames, drone footage shows a Russian underground bunker right under a railway where a group of Russian troops is stationed inside. Ukrainian quadcopter drone drops a tear gas hand grenade, K-51, and it lands in one of the entrances and detonates inside <clears throat> the bunker. After the impact, we can see that the gas keeps coming out of the bunker from both entrances, meaning that the tunnel is filled with tear gas. This forces the Russian troops to abandon their positions and run away for lives in the open, making themselves an easy target for the next strikes. This event was geolocated near the railway in Mykolaivka. The video was published from the Ukrainian 109th Detached Territorial Defense Brigade on their official Telegram channel. <clears throat> so this is essentially what they uh, used on Patriots on January 6th. So, uh, although you may have a problem with the Ukrainians breaking that chemical convention, it appears that the Russians are also using these riot control agents against Ukrainian positions. Now, the only thing I have to say about that is turnabout's fair play. You know, if one side is going to break the convention, that leaves it uh, open for the other side to do the exact same thing. Is it perfect? No. Uh, but this is war. And I guarantee you that people on both sides of wars all the time are breaking the weapon, excuse me, they're breaking the rules of war and the rules of engagement. So here we can see in the Donbass, uh, looks like Russians are doing the exact same thing. And they're using a drone as well to drop a tear gas grenade. Now, that bunker looks to be completely blown out already. So, I don't know if this is an after effect and they're just going in and, and testing their ability to drop it. Here we go. All right, so they dropped it, it detonated. And it explodes. Gas starts coming out. 
But the video says that it doesn't look like any Ukrainian soldiers were actually hit. So it looks like this is an empty base right here. So are the Russians just showing what's possible or are they actually using chemical weapons in the same way that the Ukrainians are? Uh, I don't know. You know, once again, war is hell. You can never be too certain about this stuff. There is disinformation coming from both sides. Uh, it's very difficult to ascertain who's telling the truth uh, and, uh, and, and who's just creating propaganda. Uh, this, I thought, was very interesting as well. I think this is probably going to be the last story that we talk about today. Cy Hirsch has spoken out. Now, uh, you guys are familiar with Cy Hirsch. Cy Hirsch was the Pulitzer Prize winning author, journalist, who uh, had come to a claim in the 1970s by reporting on the My Lai massacre in uh, in Vietnam. Now, for some people, uh, any positive reporting that you did or any, I guess, any negative reporting that you did about the United States uh, during the Vietnam War, people would perceive that as uh, uh, some, somebody being a traitor to their own nation. But there truly was a massacre at My Lai. And uh, men, women, and children were horribly and brutally murdered. And uh, the soldiers that were put into that position should never have been forced to do that. A lot of people were messed up as a result of having to go through that. My heart goes out to them. Cy Hirsch reported on that. He also was the one who spoke to Ed Batowski and admitted that Seth Rich and perhaps Aaron Rich uh, may have had some level of involvement in the WikiLeaks release, allegedly. I want to be very careful because Aaron is um, RP has acquired now. <laughs> Aaron is litigious. Anyways, he's also, of course, the one who reported on the exact circumstances that led to the explosions of the Nord Stream One and Two pipeline. Seymour Hirsch has been ridiculed and pilloried in the mainstream media. They're now calling him a conspiracy theorist. They're now calling him, uh, I don't know, a muckraker, you know, uh, basically forgetting all of the information that he ever put out in the past or any respect that they might have had for him in the future. So this is his first interview since dropping that Nord Stream report. Uh, And he said it wasn't hard to find the information and that it was obvious that NATO was involved in the Nord Stream attack. That's the exact same thing I said. But he said he was astonished that his colleagues don't seem to have anyone inside. I saw that the Germans are starting to cope with this story, he said. Would you call what they're doing coping? Uh, throughout all of the scheming, some guys working at the CIA and the State Department were saying, don't do this. It's stupid. It'll be a political nightmare if it comes out. And of course, it is incredibly stupid. And of course, it is going to be a political nightmare. But the vast majority of people didn't see it that way. They saw the gas coming from Russia. Russia had pipelines supplying gas to Germany, very cheap. So much of that, the German companies were reselling for a profit. This is interesting. This is what John told me last night. So, as a result, it is interesting, now Russia is not delivering that cheap natural gas to Germany. Germany is unable to sell it. It puts Germany at a disadvantage, so they have to rely more upon the United States and other NATO nations. It separates Russia from the European community, but it also allows Russia to sell that gas for a much higher price to all of their other customers, uh, and they become a far wealthier vendor. So uh, it, you know, I had a hard time seeing this yesterday until John explained it, Uh, but I hadn't considered the fact that the removal of the German market would create a 
more expensive avenue for the Russians to be able to sell this gas that would actually give them a, a larger profit. Uh, certainly, I think that there were people in the United States government who, who you know, saw this as a purely selfish move as a means to handicap Russia. But as we've seen time and time again, Russia continues to come out on top. Uh, and although the United States regime that's currently empowered, the Joe Biden regime, would have you believe that the Russians are uh, weak, that they are approaching the end of their ability to wage war against Ukraine, I just do not think that that is a, a very likely scenario. So, Cy Hirsch is a little surprised at the reaction from the mainstream press. I am not surprised at the reaction from the mainstream press. Uh, he said, the German papers were very nasty to me. The New York Times and the Washington Post just ignore me. The mainstream media want Hirsch to reveal his source's name and get him put in jail. Of course, that would end his career. He says, I've been doing this for 50 years. I protect people. I have a source. I'm taking heat, but that's my job. But it's their job to understand the business a little better. They understand the business at the New York Times and the Washington Post. But the problem is it's all cheapened because now the New York Times and the Washington Post think an unnamed source can be a press guy, a press secretary that whispers something to them on the side. I don't know. They don't seem to have anyone on the inside. That is an interesting thing. To imagine that the New York Times and the Washington Post are not getting accurate information. What do you guys think? Do you think it's possible that they no longer have sources in the intelligence community? They no longer have sources in the military? That all they have are these deep state swamp rats on the fringes of everything going on? And they're just trying to grasp at straws about what's happening? Uh, do you think it's possible that they maybe know? but they're covering up for the CIA and stuff like that. I don't know. He says, compared to what I'm hearing from my friends who have access to the information, the war I know about is not the war you're reading about. I tend to believe Cy Hirsch there. What we're hearing in the mainstream media is not an accurate depiction of what we're actually seeing on the ground in Russia. Uh, he said, crippling the German economy was shooting off your left foot for no reason whatsoever. It's stupid beyond belief. Is it criminal? It's unquestionably a wonderful degree of stupidity at the White House and on the part of the president. It's just damn stupid. Uh, let me see. Lou Ann V says, I watch Badlands shows, but you are the only one of the hosts who acknowledge the foxhole chat. Thank you very much. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, the foxhole is, you know, generally the only place that uh, uh, that uh, is interacting in that way. I, You know, here's the thing. The problem with the foxhole currently, and we're fixing that, I've spoken with the mats about it, is that you can only create one foxhole stream at a time. And so the Badlands hosts have not been conditioned to pay attention to it because oftentimes there is no foxhole stream. You know, it's only if there wasn't a show before the show that is now airing. So uh, pretty soon we're going to have the ability to create a number of foxhole streams early on so that every single time we have the ability to go live and not have to think about it. And when that happens, uh, I, I believe that it's going to be easier for the Badlands hosts to be able to pay attention to the chat. I also realize, guys, that I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for you. If it wasn't for the fact that you were tuning in, if it wasn't for the fact that you were interacting in the chat, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that you were telling me what you think and, you know, we were bouncing ideas off of each other, uh, I wouldn't be able to be here. 
So I want you to know that I appreciate you. So that's why I interact with the, uh, the chat over there on the foxhole, because I know it can all go away at any time. Danny Darko, I don't care if you don't want to watch Badlands. That's, that's your prerogative. I appreciate that you're here on my channel. Yes, Badlands is on Foxhole, but they're just not used to the Foxhole. We need to get them used to the Foxhole, and I'm working on that. I'm working on that. All right. All right, so Cy Hirsch continues. You have to ask yourself, what is it with presidents? Why do they like war so much? Maybe because it's politically useful. It's colossally bad, inexcusable. The White House has the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSN, and CNN fronting for them. The enemy is Fox News. Uh, so not digging the updates here. Super confusing to use for me. I am sorry to hear about that. Uh, the only reporter they called me from any TV station was Tucker Carlson. He's a smart guy. I wouldn't go on his show, but he's been dead right on the war on Ukraine. Oh, I don't understand that. Why wouldn't Cy Hirsch go on Tucker Carlson's show? Uh, I, obviously Cy Hirsch is still caught up in, in the, uh, He's still caught up in that original mainstream media bubble. He hasn't broken out of his programming, even though he's watching what's happening, even though he sees that all of these media outlets are essentially just the PR wing of the DNC and the White House, he refuses to admit just how bad it's gotten. Tucker Carlson may have been ideologically opposed to Cy Hirsch at some time in the past, but I'd say right now, Tucker Carlson is the... The, the most correct person on mainstream media. He's not perfect, okay? I've got my issues with Tucker Carlson. Uh, I think that he really dropped the ball a long time ago when he had the opportunity to discuss the true nature of the stolen election and when he had the opportunity to discuss the true nature of the jabs. Instead, Tucker Carlson went with his corporate media outlet, Fox News, and he did exactly what he was told. Now, for whatever reason, they're allowing him to break out of that programming. And maybe it's because it's politically expedient for Fox News to be the foil of the White House and to be the counterpoint to all of that fake programming that we see on MSDNC and CNN and all of that. Um, Yes. Yeah, D-Patriot, you're right. Rumble chat does suck because you can't tag people. I'm hoping that that's something they... um, Mm. Foxhole should stick to streaming, Eamon says. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, they they want to have it uh, be, you know, more things. But here's, you know, it's all about how you use Foxhole. You can just go to Foxhole for streaming, but you can also go for all of these other things. Just remember that there is a big community of people who have been using Foxhole for a long time. And uh, they use it for all of those other things, even if you don't. Okay, so... Uh, going back, I'm just going to go ahead and finish off these thank yous here, guys, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, end the show. Uh, thank you to A. Allen Godwins for the Shades, Empress for the Gold Pills, Luann V. again saying that she watches Badlands, but I'm the only host that acknowledges Foxhole. Thank you. Ranger Billy said, much love, RP. Empress says, thank you for all the time you put in for us, Zach. Thank you for always being here, Empress. I appreciate it. Casey dropped a can, and then Who Cares said, Zach, I am amazed when podcasters can actually read the chat while they're reading articles. I am a master at uh, multitasking. That's just something that uh, I'm able to do. 
All right, I want to make sure that I don't miss anything over here on Cash App or on Buy Me a Coffee. Last night, after the show ended, Salty American and Aaron Moriarty dropped a donation. Aaron's YouTube got deleted. I think I actually saw him post something in the chat on Badlands last night in Baseless Conspiracies that he has a new YouTube channel. Aaron, I would just embrace Rumble, buddy, because you're going to find that um, they're just going to keep deleting your channel, okay? You're not going to be able to get past it. Irene says, much gratitude for all your time, effort, and dedication. I was hoping you can point me in the right direction to contact the woman in North Carolina that is fighting the school board regarding the transgender issue. Irene, that would be my friend and one of my mods, Chapman. If you send me an email to um, go to my website, go to my website, use the contact form, send an email and say that you want to reach out to, uh, to Low Country Brooklyn. And uh, we can put you guys in contact. She'll actually get that email. All right. Uh, let me see. There was, oh, somebody had given me $50 on of Bitcoin. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it, guys. All right. I'm going to get a hold of Rumble and I'm going to see if there's something they can do to fix my channel. Let me go ahead and pass out these gold pills over on the foxhole. And... Thank you once again for always being here, hanging out with me, and thank you. I hope you hit that red pill. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Hope that you shared the show, and make sure you're following me on Truth Social and Twitter, at RedPill78, still on Gab, still on Getter, all at RedPill78. Make sure that you're subscribed, and uh, until next time, you guys, good luck and God bless. We'll see you later.